Welcome to the Florida Travel Podcast, Episode 10, all about Southwest Florida. The Florida Travel Podcast is a podcast to help Florida residents and visitors get more out of the Sunshine State. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. I almost forgot who I am. (laughs) (laughs) This week's episode is sponsored by Original Disnerd. Original Disnerd brings the Disney classics back for you to wear. Find retro and classic tees featuring Disney parks nostalgia such as River Country, The Great Movie Ride, and Original Mickey Bars. They also have fun takes on classic rides such as Peter Pan's Flight and Pirates of the Caribbean. You won't find these fun and original tees anywhere else, and if you're a Florida local, you'll appreciate the history behind Original Disnerd's designs. Visit OriginalDisner.com to start shopping for your next Florida vacation. So before we talk about Southwest Florida, let's go into our Florida tip of the week. I'm still Uh, trying to regain that you're Christina and I'm Tanya. Okay, yeah, we'll switch for the entire episode, right? (laughs) That won't confuse anyone who listens. (laughs) But my Florida tip of the week is all about being flexible. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, nailed it. Uh, just because we are in these COVID times as we're recording, I mean, hopefully if you're listening a year from now, we're beyond all of this, but I think being flexible about your travel plans, uh, things are constantly changing. And even when it's not uh, pandemic times and it's not COVID times, and hopefully everything is open back up by the time you do listen to this, um, know that you're not going to see and do it all, no matter what time you travel. Yeah. Take into account weather. You never know when you plan a trip months in advance and boom, it's raining on the day that you wanted to go somewhere. Especially in Florida, Mm -hmm. right? And also maybe you planned a trip in January or February or even March and it's cold. Yep. Because when we're recording this, it was 40 degrees. Yeah. uh, When when you go down a river and it's September and it turned out to be 65 degrees, you should be flexible. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, So just remember, when you're traveling, be flexible. Go with the flow. You're on vacation. The whole point is to relax and enjoy yourself. And please, please, please. Don't forget your sunscreen. <laughs> so this week we have a special guest, uh, Harmony Skillman. <clears throat> Excuse me. Harmony Skillman is a travel agent and travel blogger based out of Long Island, New York. However, you can often find her jetting off to warmer places. Uh, she and I, in fact, met at a hosted blogger stay in St. Pete, Florida, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. And in fact, she loves visiting Florida so much that last summer, thanks to everyone working from home, she was able to spend the entire summer in the Sunshine State. That's amazing. How I cool mean, is that? That's the epitome of working from home, right? Exactly. <laughs> so most of her time, she was in Southwest Florida, which is why we brought her on to talk about the area. Perfect. Well, Harmony, welcome to the show. Hi guys, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to be talking about Florida. Maybe we can Southwest Florida. We'll shove some of that warm weather up to you. I'll send it my way for sure. <laughs> exactly, because we talked about the fact that it's 40 degrees when we're recording here in Florida. What is it like where you are right now? It it's a little warmer today. I think it was 30, but we have like piles of two feet piles of snow. Um, we had that big snowstorm the last few days, and we got over a foot of snow, and now it's all plowed and piled up and iced over and it's kind of messy and gross out there. It's typical winter weather and all the more reason why you want to talk about Florida. I have no idea what you guys are even talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So if you don't remember, Christina's been here since she was two. 
So she doesn't have to deal with any of that winter weather. But I remember, and that's why I live here. <laughs> totally. So, Harmony, um, tell us a little bit about the different areas of Southwest Florida and why you chose to spend your summer there last year. Well, talking about being flexible, um, our, our summers here in Long Island are wonderful and usually the best part of the year. But as uh, the summer approached in 2020 and we realized a lot of the things and activities and camps that we love to do were going to be closed for the foreseeable future, we decided we needed to change the scenery and we hopped in the car and drove down to Southwest Florida. That's amazing. And so speaking of camps, you're talking about camps because you have two kids. I do. My kids are nine and 11. And uh, I've been going to Southwest Florida since before they were born, at least once a year. And it's actually been fun to see my kids kind of evolve uh, as they've grown <laughs> older, being able to do different things in, um, in the area, because there are lots of activities to do, as we're going to talk about. And so we've been there. I've been there with babies, infants, uh, toddlers, and now elementary and upper elementary age kids. And soon preteens. And soon preteens. Good luck between. with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always thought having babies and traveling with toddlers was harder. It's so much harder when you have teenagers and they have things they want to do. And different things they want to do. And things they want to do at home and not travel. Mm -hmm. So That's true. And and I will say this summer, it was great to be in Florida, but we did bring the Switch and all the video (laughs) games and the Netflix. There was a lot of Netflix watching, but um, at least when you have a beautiful view to look at, it makes it a little easier. So you drove, so from Long Island, for our northern listeners, how long of a drive was that for you? So from here to Naples, it's, I think, 22 hours of driving. Okay. So we split it up over a couple of days. Um, that would be a really long drive to do <sighs> in one day. I've done the Florida to Orlando in one day, 20 hours door to door. Oh, last year, but that, that was rough. And actually I I wanted to talk about that because I think for, even for me, when we were driving to Florida and you, you cross that Florida line and you see that welcome to the sunshine state on I-95 and you're so excited and the temperature's going up in your car. Uh, it's still five or six hours to Southwest Florida from there. (laughs) That is the, when you're driving, um, especially coming home to Florida, when you hit that Florida line and you're like, yay, Oh, and then it's like the most boring driving it right from the the Florida line to like probably I guess Orlando really before yeah. it, before it becomes interesting again. Like you're driving along and you're like anything anything? No. You haven't <laughs> driven through Indiana yet, have you? Uh, well, I mean, I've driven through a lot of boring <laughs> places and, and, and cornfields and cotton fields, but it's definitely and and once you hit the Florida line in Florida, it's like interstate. I apologize to our all our Indiana listeners, but it's a long drive through Indiana when I drive to Michigan, so I get it. <laughs> I've never done it. But yeah, the south the south south part of Southwest Florida is a blessing and a curse. So for that part it makes it harder cuz it is pretty far even if you're coming from one of your neighboring states, but when we start talking about the weather, that's uh, a big pro because it is so far south. Game changer, right? Yeah. So if you are not driving, because you're a travel agent and you know this, how else, what are the other ways you can get to Southwest Florida? So that area would be best served by the Southwest Florida airport. It is an international airport. It's in the Fort Myers area. Um, it, it, it's one of the smaller airports, so it's not as accessible. You, know, you might have to connect coming from other points in the north um, to get there. 
Or you could also maybe fly into Miami and drive across Miami or Fort Lauderdale or the Sarasota airport or maybe even Tampa. So that's kind of hitting all the surrounding areas. Um, but if you can fly into Southwest Florida Airport, RSW, that's probably the way to go. And that'll put you a lot closer. So you're likely going to have a car when you're here, though, even flying into one of those airports, you probably want to rent a car. Yeah, this is definitely a car rental type destination. Um, and think unless you're really going to stay in downtown Naples and want to just stay in that area, I think you'd really be amiss if you didn't have your own transportation to kind of get around. Things are kind of spread out and it'll just give you the luxury to explore some of the different activities and the different beaches. And probably Uber is not quite cost efficient compared to just renting your own car. I would think so. So... We talked about um, driving here. We talked about transportation when you get here. We talked a little bit about the weather as you come into the state. But tell me, I mean, summer in Florida, most people, especially northerners, are like, no way am I going to Florida when it's so hot in the summer. Tell me a little bit about the weather. <laughs> that was definitely one of our considerations. And when we, we went down, I mean, we didn't know what to expect with all of the uh, health crisis going on and um just with the weather, we were like, what if it rains every day? Maybe we'll just come home. So we were kind of flexible. We went with the intention to stay a month and ended up staying for two months. And I have to say, I don't, I don't know if we just hit like the best summer ever. And it was hot. It was definitely hot, but it wasn't as rainy or as humid as I thought it would be. Um, and, and especially compared to the time I spent this summer in, in the Orlando area in the central Florida area, it was noticeably more humid there. And in so Southwest Florida, there, it, there was some afternoon rains, but it was seemed to be very localized. A lot of times you could, you'd be at the pool and you could see it in the distance or hear thunder, but it would never rain where you are. Uh, and one thing I learned quickly after spending, I don't know, a, a week in the Southwest Florida area this summer is that when you look at the weather forecast on your phone and it says, you know, that 40% chance of rain every day, you can't it's really lying. make plans around that. You kind of have to just do what you want to do. And if it rains, then you uh, grab all your stuff and run to the car. You, you are epitomizing our tip of the week for us. Thank you. You do. Yeah. Cause it was hard to plan. You know, the first, I think one of the first days I'd planned something and I was like, Oh, I think it's going to, it says it's going to rain. So maybe we shouldn't do that. And, um, it, it turned out to be fine. And then other times when it was supposed to be sunny, you know, a rainstorm came through and we had to, you know, grab all our beach stuff and run to the car. And by the time you got to the car, the rainstorm was gone. I was going <laughs> to say that. Yeah. And then, you know, you wait 20 minutes, 30 minutes and it's totally sunny and nice again. I think literally in two months, we only had, I'm trying to think back like one day that was like a washout, sit home, watch movies. I will um, say you mentioned Orlando being super humid and I, that is a, that is definitely a, a regional thing because Southwest Florida certainly is more breezy and I want to say less humid, but Central Florida is like, I don't know, we contain a lot of the humidity in Florida right here, <laughs> but, but where you are, where you're talking down there and, and that. The localized weather, that happens here too, but that, that humidity is very different between the regions in Florida. I think it's a coastal thing too. True. I mean, here mm -hmm. in central Florida, we're in the middle of the state. We don't have the benefit of those For, ocean right. breezes. And yeah, it's interesting to hear about Southwest Florida and here it's further south than where we live. It's further south than where we explore typically, mm -hmm. yet 
the weather is manageable and doable and enjoyable. It is enjoyable down there, I know. Sorry, I think in the winter too, you notice a difference because we'll often do a split stay trip in, in February up here in the Northeast, we get a February break. And so it's not uncommon for us to spend some time in Orlando and spend some time in Southwest Florida. And it's always just that little bit warmer in Southwest Florida where it's a little more beach and pool weather. Um, you know, you might get that few degrees warmer. It makes a difference. It's not that far, but um, yeah, just you get a little bit better weather in the winter. Although I will say, you know, like you guys are having a cold snap this week. I actually thought about going to Southwest Florida this week and it wasn't <laughs> really going to be, it was still going to be in the fifties or sixties. So the dece late December, month of January and early February are always a little bit dicey. I'm definitely nicer than what we're experiencing here and maybe some weather if you like to do some of the non-beach activities but um i know we've gone in january before and you know we're disappointed we couldn't do the beach or pool because maybe it was only in the high 60s you know i still see northerners that will go into and the beach the or the yeah. pool <laughs> that well, temperature yeah, too. That's true. and kids <laughs> and kids yes exactly nope i mean this chick. <laughs> I, I did swim in lake superior when i was a kid i don't i think kids are just immune to the now cold you won't even put your toe in it right no <laughs> <laughs> so we talk a lot about the beaches here we talked we've we've had a whole episode dedicated to just the beaches and i know you love the beach and obviously there's you're talking southwest florida and you're on the gulf coast so tell me about some of the different beaches down in that area. What are they like? So I was actually doing some research this morning because I wanted to see what actually constituted Southwest Florida. And according to Wikipedia, the technical definition is the area south of Tampa. But I haven't really <laughs> spent as much time. Uh, no, no. <laughs> because I wanted to mention there's two places that I'm still dying to go to. And I think you guys should do another episode on this, which is Siesta Key and Anna Maria Island. And I hear that those are really beautiful. And I guess if you're in the technical definition, that might, um, those beaches might be part of it. But I'm thinking more of the Fort Myers, Naples area. Um, my favorite, hands down, and our family favorite is Vanderbilt Beach. That's in like the North Naples area. It's a public beach. Um, it's a Collier County beach. So um, there's parking lot and there's a nominal charge to park. And it's a beautiful beach, beautiful sand, um, very calm water. And what my kids love there is that there's a, a tent where you can rent all kinds of water sport equipment. So you oh, can do paddle fun. boards, kayaks. Although the people who usually do rent the paddle boards and kayaks there, they, it is, there are some waves and there is more of a, it's a little harder to do, but people do it. But well, we you're, rent you're talking, skis. you're talking Oceanside though too, right? So just kayaking. Golf, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Gulf side, not, I mean, not intercoastal yeah. waters. So yeah, yeah there's definitely paddling, better places. Paddling on paddle. those places are harder to begin with because of the waves. You, you definitely have to have some good balance, especially on a paddle board, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's still fun. That was Roosevelt beach. You said Vander Vanderbilt. 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 Yeah, Vanderbilt. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it just, fancy money <laughs> from the early 1900s. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, now, now you got me thinking, I'll have to look up why that's called Vanderbilt Beach. Um, there are some hotels on that strip right there. There's a big, really nice Ritz Carlton and there's uh, some smaller boutique hotels, but it is open to the public and it has a three-story parking garage. So it's one of the bigger parking facilities. Um, 
I will for bet, people I will, in that area. I'm gonna. I made a note here to look this stuff up and put. This will be in our notes for sure. Yes, we have a lot of show notes that we put into our episodes. So anything that Harmony or Christina or I, Tanya. I'm Tanya. I not remember. today. You're not He's opposite <laughs> day here. Anything that we mention will always be in our show notes as best as we can. Or if there's something that we mention that you want to learn more about or you have more information about, absolutely send us an email at hello at floridatravelpod.com. Hello. You like how I slipped that in? I love how you slipped that in. <laughs> so you like Vanderbilt Beach. What other beaches? And tell us a little bit more about that area. So this summer, our second favorite beach was probably a beach called Barefoot Beach, which is also a Collier County um, Collier County Park. It's a little harder to park there. So with many of these beaches, I would definitely recommend, especially on weekends or holidays, to set out early in the day to get parking, to get your spot. Once you're on the beach, and we were there in the summer, it was a great place to social distance and lots of room to spread out. Um, but the parking can be a challenge at some of these uh, places. So would you recommend... Beach, I think has better shells than Vanderbilt. Oh, no, don't tell Tanya that. I'm we, not allowed. We to, don't discuss shells I'm, with Tanya. I'm not allowed. <laughs> as I hang my head in shame, I'm not allowed for shells. Um, so would you recommend, and we'll talk about some places to stay, but would you recommend staying in one of these hotels if you want that beach access uh, definitely if there are, if it fits in your budget, I mean, the hotel, there are some great hotels along the beach. They are definitely, um, not the most economical option, but well, you did say Ritz Carlton, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that and one is I very know. pricey, but you, a lot of these ones, I've been to a lot of the hotels for meals. Uh, the Ritz Carlton has a great bar right on the beach, so you can go and enjoy a cocktail or a snack and see the sunset. It's, it's a, the bar is actually built parallel to the beach. So if you're standing at the bar, you're you're looking at the water. So it's really pretty. She brought up alcohol for us. She did bring (laughs) up the alcohol. Yes. I would say that if you follow, we'll talk about uh, where to find Harmony later, but when you follow her Instagram, it's all full of beautiful beach shots and cocktails. Yes. (laughs) We like you. We like you. (laughs) That's why we brought her on because I knew she could talk about cocktails and and she can hang with us. (laughs) She she can can. hang. (laughs) But many of the beaches along the Gulf are great. So if you're starting in the Fort Myers area and just going along the coast, you know, just kind of pull over where the parking lots are. They're very, a lot of them are similar in terms of the beautiful sand, more opportunities for shelling and much calmer, warmer water than you might find on I the was, ocean side. I was just about to ask you about that, like the sand on the beaches. We've, we discussed in our beach episode, the different beaches have different sands. Some of them are super soft, powdery. Some of them are full of shells. Some of them are that dark, like um, the shark tooth beaches where there's the dark teeth have been compounded and the sand becomes almost a black sand. And so... You know, what the sand over there, I'm assuming then is nice white sandy beaches. More of the white sandy kind with yeah. some, you know, nice shelling, but not full of shells where you can't walk. Yeah. No, because some of them are like that too. Hard, right. Hard to walk because there's so many shells you got to walk with shoes on. Um, so I think you were talking about some of your tips about the beaches then too, just driving along and finding a parking spot and obviously being prepared for anything that can happen weather-wise on the beach. Anything else about the Southwest Florida beaches that you want to mention? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the best one is, you know, that you're really competing for the parking spots. Once, like I said, once you get on the beach, 
you know, there's plenty of spaces, but um, so going early, especially on the weekends, um, you might want to bring a bucket for those shells. Sorry, I keep coming back <laughs> to the shells, but like my it's very important the shells, down and here. I cannot I believe some of these shells we found this summer. I mean, they look unreal. They're so perfect. Um, so, you know, if you have a kid who's going to want to bring back some, some shells or a Tanya (laughs) (laughs) or me, a popular thing to do in Southwest Florida is to bring your own float, like a pool float, because Mm -hmm. the water is so calm. And especially in the summer, since it's so hot sitting on the beach, you just want to sit in, in the, the water, water. and the water. and probably those little low chairs that you can pop in the water so you're like it's almost like you're sitting in the water but you're exactly yeah find out about the tides when when the tide's going to come in so you don't float away yeah <laughs> but i can imagine of course those you know those great big flamingo and unicorn floats i can imagine those out there in the water did your daughter have one of those ginormous floats no we didn't have a ginormous one but remember the first time we went to the beach we brought the boogie board and my son is like where are the waves waves. (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a bummer for him Mm -hmm. that's funny find other things to do like paddle boarding the paddle boarding or the or the um oh uh, i can't think of the name of it the the thing I did when we were a, a paddle boat. A, thank you. <laughs> like stuff like do they do do they do rentals like that? You know where you can go out on the paddle boats or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I didn't see the paddle boats this summer, but yeah, what would happen, especially at that Vanderbilt Beach, is a lot of the non-locals or the tourists would want to rent a paddle board, and then you'd see them pretty much just using it as a float because <laughs> it's hard to paddle. And Ooh, we can talk well, about that's other a good, good idea though to paddle but one more thing about the beaches go early and stay late because you will see the most beautiful sunsets in southwest florida overwater sunsets and the beaches do stay open so that you can enjoy that or maybe go home in the afternoon take a siesta and come back with a picnic for you know and some wine for uh, a nice sunset time that's great. Yeah, because the, um, I mean, we're on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're going to have those. In the East, that's in the West. You're going to have those beautiful sunsets. So, um, so let's, let's move away from the beach a little bit and talk about just different things you can do in Southwest Florida. So, some of the activities, what you did with the kids while you were there. Um, what else is there besides the beach? There is so much to do. And even if you don't like the beach, you have a great vacation to Southwest Florida. There really is a lot of activities depending on what, you know, your family's into. I'm trying to make a list, but I'll just go through some, some things that we've enjoyed. Um, first of all, there's a uh, spring training in the oh, Fort Myers area. There are two stadiums, right. I believe. So my son and my husband and my father have gone to games, um, I guess in the March time, whenever time of year they play. Um, what teams? And, the Mets? the Mets and the Twins are the teams they have there. Okay. I'm and not a baseball person at all. And you're wearing Red Sox. You're wearing a baseball hat. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, we we should probably do an episode all on spring training in Florida. Yeah, because there's a lot of it. There is. Yeah, that might be a good idea because people from here I know in normal times like to go down to see the Mets and the Yankees spring training. Yeah, I have I have friends that have come down to watch spring training games as well. They're a lot of fun. We watch the Red Sox spring training down here too. Okay, Um, what else? um, If you like mini golf, there's lots of mini golfs all over. Um, That's a a (laughs) perfect. That is definitely a South Florida thing. Like lots. I mean, there's mini golf up here, but for some reason in South Florida, I don't know if it's because of what we talked about the weather being a little more tolerable outside down there. There's a lot of mini golf down there. There is. I'm sure there's regular golf too. 
Oh, that is true. I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about that. But yeah, there's lots of places to play your regular 18 hole golf. Um, what else we got here? If you want to indoor things, both in Fort Myers, there's a science museum, which we've been to. It's now called IMAG. It used to be called something else, but it's still called that. I don't know what that stands for. And they have it's a science museum, but they also have like a an animal portion where you can see how they care for some of the animals. And there's, I think, a fish, a fish feeding tank. I haven't been there in a while, but um, that, that was fun when my kids were a little smaller. Same in Naples, they have a children's museum, which is really fun. It's called uh, Children's Museum of Naples or come on is the acronym. Okay. And that's indoor. If you need like a break from the heat. <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on. Or a rainy day. That's a fun, that's a fun one also. That's in Naples. That's down in Naples. Um, there's so much water stuff to do. Even if you're not a beach lover, this summer, um, my son and I did a kayaking tour down in the, uh, 10,000 islands. So that's Ooh. more of a place to kayak in the, I guess it's estuaries. And okay. we did a tour through a company called Rising Tide Florida. And I thought I was just going to, you know, get, get a workout in, get my arms moving, get to see some cool stuff. But I really liked this tour because we learned so much and we got to touch and, and, and explore so the, the, you were talking about lightning whelks in Santa Val. We got to touch lightning whelks and he taught us all about them and how the ecosystem of that area needs every organism to survive. It was very interesting. Very cool. learned a lot and beautiful. What else? Anything else? I mean, we definitely, I mean, I'm all about paddling in Florida. <laughs> we're going to be doing Good an shopping. episode. <laughs> I'm not really a shopper, but um, you know, there's outlets in uh, the Miramar outlets. I think that's in like the South Fort Myers area. There's the biggest mall I've ever seen called Coconut Point, which is fun. They have movie theaters, restaurants there, lots of shopping. And then Naples actually has a proper downtown so there's Fifth Avenue, there's restaurants and bars, and there's now they're building a new theater there and lots of shops. And building a new theater, like what kind of theater? Like a live theater. Oh, yeah. We, Good. Have, we yeah. have to make mention of that. We definitely want to have you back to talk a little bit more about Naples. And I think we could probably talk about this proper downtown as well. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, any other areas that you want to talk about? I just, I still have so many things on my list of things to do. There's, what is your, what is your favorite place to eat down there? Keep oh, going. eating. Forget it. The, the oh. food restaurants are so good. We're, we're going next week and we only have seven nights and we're trying to matrix in all of our favorite eateries. That's it's funny. Like we need to eat 10 meals a day. Cause we, oh, we just love, there's so many good restaurants. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, <laughs> Well, she'll give us a list and we'll follow along and, and we'll highlight some of those as well. Wait, yeah. If you're doing stories, we can share her stories. Yes. And you know, what's fun I find about Southwest Florida is there's lots of places to eat on the water that aren't really fancy, like with the kids. So that's kind of a fun thing there too. That's good to know. So it is, I think a lot of times I think people think of Naples and Fort Myers as a little bit more upscale. And probably a little, you know, maybe a little bit more pricey. pricey and geared towards couples without kids. So it's good to hear that there is a lot of family fun that you can do down there. For sure. I mean, I think you're right. There, There is a more, there are some upscale hotels and restaurants. And there are lots of folks who are down there for the wintertime, um, older folks. But there are lots for, for families to do. Excellent. 
what um so you have a list a large list of things to do give us a couple more um well i was gonna say last year my daughter and i went on a manatee tour that seems kind of unique to the florida area we've never seen manatees before um and then oh naples also there's a zoo i was just gonna say isn't there a zoo down there Mm -hmm. We've been to that one many times. It's it's a good, it's a really nice zoo. Um, in, in the Fort Myers area, there's a citrus factory that you can visit. Oh, that's fun. I would we love was, to do that. The In non-pandemic times, there's lots of opportunities to sample all the citrus, which is fun. And the juices, the juices are so good. Excellent. And then you can buy stuff. So definitely recommend that. And there's two water parks, one up in oh. the Cape Coral area that we discovered this past summer. It's more of a summer, uh, more of a summer activity. It's only open more in the summer months. And then there's another one in Naples called Sun and Fun Lagoon, which is really fun. And that <laughs> one's usually opens for the season around the President's Week. So again, kind of lining up with when the weather starts to really become more consistently warm more good for water activities more good yeah, yeah. good for those you're on a rivers. roll tanya <laughs> that's what i'm here for <laughs> and one thing i haven't done yet but this is on my list for our next trip is i want to rent a pontoon oh, oh yeah and, and go out that's yeah <laughs> oh that's Apparently, so much fun florida you only need to have a driver's license to that is rent correct a boat so. you don't yeah i've um i've had friends that have rented a pontoon and we've done um, the lakes around here and yeah, you grab a cooler, plenty of beverages, and plenty of beverages for the kids. <laughs> Capri suns for them. Co- yes. Co- cocktail Capri suns for us. But you could go fishing. Um, I'm not sure what the fishing license rules are on something like that, but yeah, that would be fun to do fishing and, um, even just diving off the boat. I was just going to say diving off the boat would probably just be just as much fun as everything else. Absolutely. Uh, go on. Um, but pontoon boat, did you have any other tips? Oh, just walking around downtown. There's actually a pier in Naples too. Okay. Discover went to for the first time this year. And that's where everyone goes fishing. I think that's where the locals do the fishing. I'm not a big fisher person. My family's not into that, but you're right. I think if you wanted to do a fishing tour, that's definitely something you can look into in that area. And then one last thing, you're not that far from all the Everglades stuff. So either the national park or we've done uh, Everglades city, which I want to say is about an hour more or less away. You can do the airboat tours and check out the wildlife down there, which is kind of fun. That's true. I think a lot of people think of going to Everglades and thinking of entering on the Miami side. And there are more than one. I mean, it's a huge national park and there is, there's more than one entrance. And I know, like you said, probably down there near Everglades city, um, you also have Big Cypress National Preserve that goes into the Everglades Park. So yeah, that's a that's a great tip. That's a great reminder that you don't have to be in Miami to visit a national park. And that's a good reminder. We did want to do Big Cypress this summer, but it was closed because of the pandemic. So I need to look and see if that is available because I think that involves a little more walking and hiking and something my kids we haven't done before. But you know, again, we're growing into different activities now that they can. Uh, be mobile a little while (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, so um harmony will you come back and talk to us a little bit more about naples for sure okay excellent well before we before we close out the show can you tell everybody where to find you okay so my blog is called mama to go m-o-m-m-a-t-o-g-o.com 
And that's all my socials as well on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. And um, yeah, come find me. That's great. Yes, definitely follow Harmony for all her beautiful beach and cocktail photos. Plus, if you have any vacations to Florida, I know she can help you there as well. Definitely can. Yeah, because you are a licensed travel agent as well. I I am. I am. And uh, Florida is getting really popular as a destination. Everyone wants to go to Florida. So mm-hmm. Exactly. Sure they'll be listening to your podcast for a resource. We've got a lot of places where you can socially distant, even if you want to stay distant and warm. Outside. Definitely. We've got lots of outside. That's a great safe place to be. Exactly. So uh, I think now it's time for our featured Florida travel product of the week. Uh, Each week, we're going to share our favorite Florida products from small businesses throughout the state. And this week's featured product is Old Florida Tortilla Chips. Christina, have you had these? Nope. Okay, I'm going to bring you some. You know how (laughs) you you can get those really good tortilla chips in Mexican restaurants and they just taste fresh and and homemade? Melt in your mouth. I mean, they're not going to be warm because you are buying them at a grocery store. But (laughs) these, um, the old Florida tortilla chips, they remind me of some of the best Mexican tortilla chips I've ever had. They're perfectly seasoned. They're light yet crunchy. Um, I had the lime sensation from Publix so you know nice little twist nice little twist they and you can get them at Publix and you can get them at our local grocery stores yes you can get them at Publix and um, they do have a website they have oldfloridagourmetproducts.com so be sure to check them out Christina, where can we find the Florida Travel Pod? Florida Travel Pod can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Florida Travel Pod. You can find all of the things that we talked about in two locations. Find all the things we mentioned in the show notes in your podcast player or visit floridatravelpod.com slash blog for the full details. And reach out to us on email by sending an email to hello at floridatravelpod.com. You can support the Florida Travel Pod by leaving us a review on your favorite podcast player. This helps other people discover our content. Additionally, you can support us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Florida Travel Pod. Our supporters will get shout outs, postcards, stickers, and more depending on your level of support. Plus, we're going to have some surprises along the way. Your support allows us to give you the best content from the Sunshine State. That's it for this week. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. That's right. (laughs) Stay sunny, everyone. 